Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Got up to base camp. He wasn't sleeping well. I, like he rented a sleeping bag there that I think was just like a knockoff shitty sleeping bag. <laughs> so he was like the entire night I was either sweating my balls off or just freezing my ass you off. You were or he was? He was. I actually slept pretty well at the base camp. <laughs> I, I was getting like eight hours of sleep. Um, Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right. Lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, fans of Oops the Podcast, I have an urgent announcement. We are graced today, <laughs> of course, by Julio Gallerati. Uh, you know, Ryan yeah. is really polite. Lynch, Chris Casso, as in Chris MP4. But we also have a world traveler extraordinaire, a climber of the highest heights, <laughs> a man to whom no toilet is too dirty. <laughs> Never out of bounds, never afraid to take a bite. Ladies and gentlemen, Guantanamo Bay, it's the Wonton Don. Donnie does. Hey, how are you? Thank you for the intro. That was great. That was was incredible. What's up, dude? I call him him the Guantanamo Bay. I'm the only one who does that. I came up with that. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Rolls off the tongue. It does. Rolls off the tongue, dude. Look at you. Look at you, pal. How are you? I am great. Recently back from Nepal. Yes, the roof of the world. Yeah, yeah he nice. went to uh, he walked he hiked to base camp at Everest. Uh, I I trekked trekked. Yeah, we don't mm. say hiked. I think trek is the correct the correct verb because Hi- hiking yeah. is is underselling it. Yeah, because you can go for like a hike in upstate New York, you know, in one mm. day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you go to Nepal, you trek. A trek. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. So, I feel like a hike is a one-day thing, and then a trek is like if it's multiple days. Right. Maybe. That I makes no sense. Idea. It makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm so excited to hear about this because so this has questions. been something that has been on my bucket list for a long time. Now, I did not know that, so I like I didn't go there That's to okay. spite you or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was made clear to me that nobody cared enough about me doing it for the company to get behind it. Okay. So <laughs> I had a, well, the first in, in Francis 1.0 at Barstool Generation One. I did pitch to the sales team that I wanted to do a trek, I guess, to base camp at Everest to perform stand up comedy for those who would make summit bids, who would try to climb the mountain as a last, you know, uh, final chuckle. To, yeah, to give them a, a laugh before they go on this dangerous, arduous journey. Um, the highest comedy show in the world, or something like that. We would we would call it, and they were looking at trying to get some cool sponsors for it, but that never happened. And uh, then you've pulled it off, which is a testament to your sellability and um, how much the company believes in you. <laughs> yes, and it was actually not originally my idea. I just I happened to meet someone at the World Cup who was like, "I'm trekking to base camp with this guy Nims from." 14 peaks yes uh, oh dude and, sick. and he was going to be climbing everest and i was like i don't think i'm like in shape to climb everest but it would be awesome to join you guys on the trek up to base camp cool. um which was great because i i got to spend like five days up at the camp where normally when you book a trek you spend like eight days hiking up there mm-hmm. then you're there for a half hour you take a photo being like i'm at base camp and then you just start hiking back down is that right? That's yeah. all you get there? Yeah. Do they not want people around? Yeah, yeah. I think you need like a special permit to actually sleep at the base camp. Oh. But be, but because I was traveling with people that were going to continue up the mountain, I was able to, was able to crash there. And you spent uh, five nights? Four nights and five days. 
So first of all, anybody who has not seen 14 Peaks, it is one of the most spectacular, underappreciated documentaries that has maybe ever been made. Yeah. The guy literally climbs Everest hungover. He doesn't just climb. This guy nims. He jogs Everest. He is a freak of nature, this guy. Yeah. That seemed like one of the easier mountains for him in that dog. Yeah. Yeah. How is he as a guy hanging with him and stuff? Uh, he's intense, but he's a great guy. He knows what he's doing, but he runs a very tight ship. Mm. Um, so if you're fucking around up there, um, you know, <laughs> he'll let you know. Um, no, he didn't have any qualms with me, but he was like, he's very busy and also seemed like very stressed out because he started this company now where, mm. you know, if you're willing to pay him like 80 to 200 K, you know, he'll bring you up to the top of whatever mountain you want so basically he'll carry you almost no but he'll make sure you come home in one piece right um, right yeah so he had like a crew of i don't know maybe 15 people and like it's his responsibility to get them to the top of everest jesus and he takes it very seriously but that's got to be a very high stress job so yeah. uh-huh. i'd always heard stories about him how like he drinks all the time he's a hard <laughs> he's a hard partier and everything like there was gq wrote an article like nims the controversial king of hardcore climbing mm-hmm. um but this season just because he has so many clients he's actually not drinking at all wow yeah he's trying to stay focused wow. cold turkey good for him yeah this guy the whole controversy around the 14 peaks documentary was that he used oxygen above fourteen thousand meters no so above eight thousand meters is when above you're in 8, the meters. death zone and yeah and need oxygen and he did it in a hybrid fashion where he would take the oxygen once he got above the certain height right yeah and what's controversial about that the controversy was that people who historically have made the bid to summit all the 14 the 14 tallest mountains in the world 14 tallest mountains in the world yeah to to that you know the purists say you should do it without oxygen period none at all and he used oxygen because he had he had to do he wanted to do it in one in one season. He did it in like yeah, nine and it's or like yeah. you only get a month. That's yeah. how yeah. long the season is. And he had to, in order for him to be able to do it that quickly, he had to be able to use got oxygen. It, got it, got it, got it, got yeah, it. I mean, doing it without oxygen is insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to what, eight thousand meters, what like twenty three something thousand feet. Yeah, I can't do the math. You probably could, isn't it? Like, I isn't that like eight thousand times three x? But not. 3.5 maybe is it or more yeah. yeah i don't know okay okay so more than 20 so 25 it's 26,246 oh, that's, that's crazy. so insane so base camp is what 19,000 feet 17,500 okay. is that the highest up you've ever been yeah yeah i was the i mean even at the very beginning of the hike i like feel like i was the highest i've ever been yeah i'm sure yeah it's fucking high and do you where do you fly into you fly from Kathmandu to Lukla, which is known as like the most dangerous runway in the world because yeah. it's that one that's like built into a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So if you come in short, you're just getting you're fucked. pancaked. But <laughs> I don't know. I felt. Yeah. And you like you board this rickety old plane where I felt like I was being deployed to a war zone. <laughs> But it was like World War One because it seemed like a World War One quality plane. That's funny. Um, Someone rolls open the bombing door. As it, you can yes. see below. Yeah. Yes. Yaks. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. It was like a 20-person plane, but we still had a um, stewardess. We had like a stewardess who was sitting in the back with me, and the flight was maybe 30 minutes. And so like once you get to cruising altitude that you're only at for like 5, 10 minutes – she walks down the aisle, hands everyone a mint, and then sits back down. <laughs> and that, that's her entire job uh, as the stewardess. That's ridiculous. That. She's almost like, are you sure you want to put me on the most dangerous yes. route in the world just yeah. to hand out mints? Yeah. <laughs> like, can we get yeah, me on the Kathmandu to Koala Lampour? I did not need a mint on that 20-minute <laughs> Nobody wants to die with bad breath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Um, well, in relation to NIMS... So you pay somewhere, like you said, between 80, 200 K, you can fly, you can climb any mountain you want and you know, you're going to get back in one piece. Is it one of those things where like you could sort of choose a budget tour, but you might be risking your life by doing that? Or is everybody really risking their life by doing it? I think when it comes to climbing Everest, it's going to be 
pricey no matter what. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you could do it for 50K or maybe 40K. I don't know. That would be the lowest. If you just want to hike to base camp, be up there for an hour, take photos, hike down, you could probably find a guide to take you on that trek for uh, below 2K maybe. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's eight days? Uh, yeah, usually. It's around that long. And then five days back. But I was luckily, uh, like, we spent all this time hiking up, and then I was like, shit, like, there's nothing I can really film on the hike down that would be interesting, and I don't want to spend another five days on this cold mountain. Yeah. Um, so I called up Big Cat, and I pitched him an idea that if, like, I filmed a commercial, like, a promo for his <laughs> coffee company... <laughs> If he could pay for the helicopter straight from base camp back to Kathmandu. Um, And uh, yeah, he was like, just like tell Barstool if they don't approve the expense, I'll quit. (laughs) He was like, I always have that card. Um, um, So yeah, uh, let's, I I haven't submitted the expense yet, but it it actually was, it was nine fifty a person for me and and my camera guy. Yeah. Not terrible. Not bad at all. It was taking you from base camp all the way back to Kathmandu. You had one guy you brought with you? Yeah. Yes. And is it hard when you're doing. Who went with you? Sorry. Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A a lot of people were concerned about him because I guess he's like known around the office for smoking a lot of weed and so they were like yeah like he's gonna get altitude sickness yeah so people came up to like are you sure you want to bring him uh-huh. like all cameramen <laughs> yeah but no he he handled himself well mm-hmm. um the only when we got up to base camp he wasn't sleeping well because like he rented a sleeping bag there that i think was just like a knockoff shitty sleeping bag <laughs> so he was like the entire night i was either sweating my balls off or just freezing my ass you off. were or he was he was. I actually slept pretty well at the base camp. <laughs> I, I was getting like eight hours of sleep. Um, so you had the same sleeping bag as him, though, but you were fine with it? No, no. I had um, someone else on the trip had an extra sleeping bag. Oh, he was nice. like, I'll bring it for you. So mine was legit. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah. Nice. That's I would sick. go so ham at REI before yes. going on a trip like that. Yeah. I mean, I would want everything the best. And I think your comedy idea up there would work because people are kind of bored. There's a lot of just like sitting around Mm -hmm. and and getting used to the altitude. Right. There's no like communal tent for like all of the camps. So you would probably just have to be like a roving, a roving comedian. Well, yeah, I think we could get everyone together. I could go in the day. I could tell people there's going to be a comedy show later. They have this great comedian. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Show up at, you know, around the teapot at whatever 6 p.m that's a good idea yeah um yeah i don't like there yeah, wasn't I'll do like it now now right that you've just gotten well, home no well just but yeah <laughs> buried me with yeah. a far better idea i mean no i i wish like when you told me that idea i was like fuck i should have been practicing my stand-up I just <laughs> yeah. <jacked your> idea. <laughs> but um yeah no there was no like town square or something like that right. but no you right. you could choose a spot for all the people to meet when i looked at this trip myself i noticed that there was uh you know the sort of roughing it trek which you're camping and whatnot and then there was the sort of more luxurious one where you're staying in in sherpa villages on the way which have running water and toilets and beds Yes. Is that what you guys did? Yes. Nice. Oh, nice. So I didn't have to actually use the sleeping bag until we made it up to base camp. Yeah. And then we were in, like, one of their very basic tents, but then some of the people who were more of the, like, VIPs or high rollers, they had these cool little mini igloos almost, Mm. um, which had, like, a bed frame and everything like that. Like, I was just sleeping on a a pad on the ground, but they kind of had their own little rooms. Mm. But um, they didn't have heating. It was still very cold. Wow. Okay, so I've heard a few things. I've heard that marijuana, speaking of, grows wild in the Himalaya. That could be the case. You um, didn't see any? Michelangelo ended up just bringing his own. <laughs> he brought his own weed to... <laughs> he brought a weed pen. Wow, okay, fair enough. Which was a risky choice, seeing we had a layover in Qatar. Yeah, dude, Wow. Yeah, you can wow. get you can get clipped for that there, right? 
Like yeah, sort of. I think so. Yeah. Like maybe the security is less intense when it's just a layover. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I've heard the uh, hashish there is, is very good. Uh huh. Yeah. Now, have you? I want to hear more about this this trek. I want to hear more about this journey. What were the meals like? Um, so we would eat at the tea houses. Um, we would usually stop at one for lunch and then crash at one at night and have dinner there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. I was eating a lot of momos, which are Nepalese dumplings. Mm. Have, have you guys ever had them? I don't think I have. I don't think so. They're Is amazing. It, they're very good. Um, I had I had them in Hoboken before I left um, at an Indian restaurant. They were just on the menu and. I took a photo of them and used the caption like, ooh, Indian Rangoons. And I had like 50 people in my DMs being like, those are not Indian. Those are Nepalese. Uh, yeah. Those are, yeah. So they're, oh, they take that very seriously. But they are delicious. Uh, you can get them veggie, chicken, or buffalo meat. Wow. Yeah. Those buffalo are the and, three options? Yeah. And then you could have them steamed or fried. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or you could have them tossed in like a chili sauce. Oh, hell yeah. Which was, yeah. Nepalese chili sauce is delicious. Mm. Is it spicy? Yeah. Very spicy. You like that, though. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't painfully spicy. Remember when um, we were in China and I had that cocktail that made it very hard for me to, uh, to be around yes. because of how spicy it was? <laughs> this, this was like, an hour after you had landed, and I was like, I got to take you to this place. It's got my favorite cocktail of all time. Uh-huh. It still is. It was called the Thai Zed, but it was garnished with a chili pepper. And I think at some point, the chili pepper had moved, and you put your lips exactly it just touched, where... It just touched my lips, yeah, where it had been on the glass. Yeah. Because they, they had sort of put it in half over the rim of the glass. It's crazy. And I took a sip, and then my lips... It was like someone was shining uh, through a magnifying glass, the sun, <laughs> on a specific part of my lip. Yeah. And, and you were in very high spirits. You're like, yeah, I'm happy to be in China. And then like 20 minutes later, you were like on the verge of tears. It like, was I'm... so bad. It was so much pain. <laughs> yeah. Just pain. Yeah. But that was a really nice restaurant. That was the nicest restaurant we went to the whole time we were in China. I think so. Yeah. Sick, yeah. dude. Um, well, I have a question about just preparing technically for a trip like this. It sounds like, you know, on the way up in these in these uh, villages or whatever you were staying in that they had a full setup. So it was like charging your batteries and shit like ever oh, something you need to plan for in advance. Like, did you need to bring extra um, stuff? Like, how did that all work? Like at first you could just charge in your rooms and then the higher you you got up, they would then uh, charge you to charge your things. Um, so it, it wouldn't be too bad, but they might be like to charge one, uh, computer full would be $10 or something like okay. that. Mm-hmm. And then, but then um, for all the gear, did that like add up? Um, yeah, it would, I bit like when we got to base camp, they were like, okay, uh, you can charge all your stuff from like six to midnight, got 6 it. PM to midnight. So then we would just make sure to charge everything there and, and, that wouldn't cost us anything. Oh, nice. Uh, and there was pretty solid Wi-Fi until you got up to base camp. And then they were like, it's 50 bucks for 48 hours, but the Wi-Fi would like barely work. You could maybe post a photo, but not a video or anything. Mm. God forbid. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was with a guy who works for SpaceX, and he had a Starlink device, but like he couldn't get the government to like sign off on the permit. Wow to be able to use it up there he might like he's going to be climbing everest in in a week and he hopes that he gets the permit approved by then so then he could do some sort of like live stream at the peak (laughs) which would be crazy which would be wild can you tell me more about this device i don't even know what this is a starlink that's uh starlink is the is the wi-fi that uh that spacex wants to make universal so it's like satellite wi-fi um he thinks it'll be huge with third world countries so you can Hell be in yeah. the most like rural places and you don't perfect wi-fi everywhere Didn't yeah you give it to our military too wasn't that part i of it? i think he just handed a lot to ukraine oh maybe. that's what it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's fucking crazy that's pretty cool that's sick dude so then yeah i mean that would literally solve so many of my problems like as a traveling person because a lot of the time i'm like uh if i can't talk to anybody they're going to be worried so I, it makes me not want to go mm. Yeah, and I, I've always wanted to do 
live streaming like yeah. on my travels. That's what Andy Milanakis does. Mm-hmm. He was like the first person to do it, and now he's huge in that field. But just to get the streaming backpack, and then you need to be paying for like unlimited data plans and depending on the country you go you need to get completely new plans yeah and have like a wi-fi router in the bag it was like i tried to pitch the company i was like i would like one of these bags and they were like oh, i don't know it's too complicated or too expensive mm-hmm. so can you but so i don't understand so if you have the bag then you can just do it yeah and you can just yeah so he'll just be live on twitch walking around a foreign country and then, but yeah. you need like the proper connection and like you said, unlimited data and all that shit. Yeah. And so you can buy these like pre-made streaming bags that make it easy, um, but they're, they're pretty pricey. Wow. So then if you were doing that, if you were live streaming, would you also be shooting content while like during that all? Um, or would you like take turns? Yeah, I would probably, I would probably take turns. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, at this time, I'm going to be doing like a four hour live stream and not also be filming content right. then. Right. But um, yeah, when I was living in Venice, I ran into Andy Milanakis there and he was so doing sick. a live stream. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, you can just like hang out with us for the next few hours. And like, he would just be like sitting down at a restaurant eating food and like all of his fans would be watching him. They'd be like sending him money and stuff. Cool. And then he'd be like, all right, now I'm going to like walk for a half hour. Then I'm like sit down at a bar and have a drink. And like, he wasn't doing anything crazy, right. but just had all these like viewers just tuned in. Watching like, him. Yeah. Weird. That's fucking crazy. Dude, I got to say, you have a lot of energy. You have a lot of energy for a guy who seems like he also has fun. Do you just like really enjoy doing all this shit? Like, does it, do you ever get anxious or stressed or? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I get more anxious or stressed once I'm back home. Interesting. And then it's like, oh, you have all of this footage. Now you need to turn it into a series and stuff. And yeah. Long days sitting at the computer, as uh, you know. I know it well. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I'm actually like on the road, there's just so much going on that like, yeah, I, 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 I kind of stay in the moment. I mean, I would love like if we had an official sponsor attached then i probably could have been able to bring a producer and that would have like made things a lot easier but like i think about that like at the time where it's like i'm the one in front of the camera but i'm also like trying to produce it too like organizing it do some research on like if we have a couple days off oh what could we film now yeah and uh yeah it's like it can get pretty stressful that's an Um, interesting point though because even though it is stressful you're so preoccupied trying to make sure you think of every single thing so that when you get home, you're not like, how did I not think of that mm. by not having brain space to like, I don't have time to like worry or be stressed almost. It feels like, yeah. Like I'm like you said, I'm like very in the moment. Cause I'm like, how do we optimize this? Like make this the best it can be. And like at the end of those days, I'm like tired in this way that like I don't experience in any other part of my life it's interesting yeah and usually there's a moment after all trips where i'm like oh shit i should have filmed this or whatever um but yeah you just kind of have to learn to live with that guys we got a new coffee in our life we sure do and i never thought i'd see the day but here we are switching over to the absolutely delicious stella blue of big cat fame stella blue coffee absolutely delicious versatile smooth delicious yeah all your coffee needs solved immediately. This is no gimmick. This is no gimmick. This is really good <laughs> coffee. I have a couple of bags and I've been drinking it every morning and I say to myself, holy smokes, I'd pay a lot of money for that. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Stella Boo, Stella Boo, Stella Boo, Stella Boo, Stella Boo. <laughs> uh, we really love this coffee. Uh, you know, you guys know us. We've been big coffee p- drinkers for a long time. and uh, big Most Cat- of our adult lives. Yeah, Big Cat came out with an incredible coffee, and he did not he did not cut corners. He did a lot of research, a lot of tasting. Uh, I asked him, I said to him, I think this tastes like, and I named another really well-known and well-liked brand, and he goes, we were actually kind of using flavor profiles from them. And, you know, trust me, this is high-end stuff. This is really good coffee. So right now, guys, go to StellaBlueCoffee.com and use promo code OOPS for 10% off your next order. Do us a favor. Please enjoy just your coffee. Don't waste that beautiful moment. 
you guys uh, on your route? Did you see any avalanches or any? Was there ever any risky business that happened? Uh, no, I know a few people, uh, a few Sherpas died uh, up at the Kumbu Icefall, which is like yeah. the first part of the trek. Like the day I arrived in Kathmandu, not at the base camp. And then, um, like a few days ago, an American doctor died at camp two up at, uh up on everest from what uh, um altitude sickness? yeah it was it was altitude sickness yeah. i think he just didn't wake up in the morning you can oh just die God. from that yeah yeah and you just don't Bad. and you don't know if you're gonna be the one who dies right you just like well i think you're probably showing some s- symptoms so that's why it's important like if you're not feeling okay to let people know Interesting. And maybe start heading back down. Right. Yeah. Um, Isn't there a medication for it, but you have to take it when you're at a lower altitude? Yeah. So we were taking that. And right after we started uh, taking it, the leader of our group was like, we don't want anyone taking Dimex, which is the medication. And um, we were like, oh, well, we already started. But I think that was more geared at the people who would be climbing Everest. Because if it. they're like on the mountain for 40, 50 days. Yeah. That's like, how long it takes? Yeah, it's insane. I didn't know that. What? What? Yeah, what? Tell, tell, because... tell them what you told me about how you got to like climb to camp one and then back down. You climb to camp two, you climb back down. Yeah, like online it says the average time it takes people to reach the peak after reaching base camp is 41 days. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, yeah, and yeah because the they keep fuck? on hiking up like a quarter of the way, then back down, then a half the it's way. It's all to Why? acclimatize you. Yeah, wow. because being up that high is so bad for you. It's such a bad yeah. thing for your body that you just can't. So if you could handle it, if you could handle it, how fast could you do it? Well, that's what Nims did. Yeah, he like, just, he's just like perpetually acclimatized. Yeah, yeah, but like, how long did that take him? I just um, literally don't know. I think well, he summited he, Everest in like three days. Yeah, and yeah, he <laughs> climbed all fourteen in seven months. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, th- I think they don't want those people taking the medication because if they forgot one day all of a sudden their toast body would be fucked but i knew we wouldn't be there for too long so we were taking it and i think it helped two people in our group did have to go back down really yeah there was like a camera guy working for nims and um he got like one day away from base camp had to be sent down to Kathmandu and was in the hospital for a couple days damn dude have you ever watched the Ewan McGregor travel series? No. He has three of them, and they're awesome. They're, like, super random. I'm like, this is a thing. He rode motorcycles from, like, London across the Bering Strait and then across America to New York. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. I've not seen it. So he does that. Adopts someone on the way over who's his, still his adopted daughter, by the way. Holy shit. In Mongolia. Uh, and then like, I seems forget- like an unsafe way to bring a child home. <laughs> <laughs> I forget which trip on it was on because then they yeah. did, then they did Scotland to South Africa. Yeah. And then they did uh, the Southern tip of Argentina to wherever Canada or something. But I want, on one of those, the camera guy got altitude sickness and like seeing the guy go through it. And like, they weren't even that high up. Like, I don't know how high they were in like Chile somewhere in the mountains and the Andes or something. And dude, like, Seeing how fucking sick that guy was, like, scared me. I was, like, scared of the idea of getting altitude sickness yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think about when I go to, and I'm not making a joke here. I think about when I go to fucking Vail or Beaver Creek and how even then, you yeah. know, after you, you go to bed that night and you wake up the next morning and you're, you've got, like, dried blood in your nose yeah. and you have, you're, you're, you've got a headache. Yeah, and your toiletries are just shooting out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're getting blasted in the face by your conditioner. It's just so it's such a different th- uh, experience than being at sea level, and um, and that's only I mean the the top of Vale is like just over ten thousand feet. Maybe it's eleven thousand or something. Um, Ryan, if we could figure that out, that'd be good. Um, and then to imagine going to base camp, which is what you said, seventeen. Yeah. Just it's another crazy. order of magnitude. I've never been that high. Yeah, up. you got to drink a lot of water. Water, yeah. you got to have a ton. And you're of water. still dehydrated, right? Yeah, there was there was one day up there where it's the Sherpas one day off, and it's called the puja ceremony where you bless all of your gear 
right before you climb the mountain. And that turned into a party afterwards where there were like, everyone was pounding beers and rum. And like, <laughs> that was the one day I had quite a lot to drink. And I was like, I'm going to be fucking wrecked tomorrow. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, but, <laughs> but it also like, I didn't have to drink as much as I normally would have no. to, to feel it. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten drunk. So we're, we're, you were, it sounds like you were pretty at ease that this wasn't as, you know, was there ever a moment where you thought, oh golly, I'm, I'm in over my head here. This is really hard. I don't know if I can see this through. Um, uh, yeah, but it was not related to climbing. Oh, it was, uh, I tried nepalese mad honey have you ever heard of that oh, i saw you no. posting about yeah. it what's the deal um I, I yeah so some guy went on rogan and like brought some in and they each did like one spoonful or anything something like that i had always heard it called hallucinogenic honey so i was like oh this sounds so cool this is going to be like shrooms or whatever it was nothing like shrooms it's like this crazy <laughs> Well, first off, I was told to just do <laughs> one teaspoon, wait an hour and a half, and then you can maybe do like another half teaspoon. And um, I I filmed the whole thing, so I'm looking back at the footage, and he like tells me that very directly. And uh, I started off with two teaspoons, oh, waited boy. an hour, was like, I don't feel anything, and then did a third. Oh, and um, it hit me hard. <laughs> uh, where at first it felt kind of cool. You have this like, warm cold sensation rushing through your body um your hands and feet and ass are all like tingling um <laughs> nice dude. and at first i was like oh yeah this is sweet but then <laughs> after an hour i don't know like i s started puking violently oh, no. oh, God. for like four hours no. um at one point i was on the floor and i was like asking michelangelo like i think at one point i asked i was like should I go to the hospital or like I was telling him to research if there's any like cures for mad honey poisoning. Um, but yeah, I think I just eventually got it all out and woke up the next morning feeling cleansed. Nice. But, um, wow. that was the one time where I'm like, yeah, I'm fucked. Um, and, uh, we, we did film a lot of that. Michelangelo was like, uh, like the following morning, I was taking a look at the footage and I was like, Oh, you should have filmed me on the floor more. He was like, dude, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that uh, dude, it's funny. That's a role song. reversal because you said the same exact thing about white Sox, Dave. Yes. Yeah, so you yeah, should yeah, have filmed yeah. him more, but you were terrified. Yeah. And it exactly. is funny. I know what that feels like. And when there's like an obvious way you could have done something, but yeah. in the moment you're scared to do it yes, and it yeah. feels impossible. And later you're like, why was I, why didn't I do that? But yeah. I, I'm very, I understand that feeling well. Mm -hmm. I understand that feeling um, very well. But no, in terms of the hike, I felt pretty good. It was kind of just Don't the, you mean trick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking guy. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Uh, but yeah. In terms of the trek, it was just like the second day where I was falling asleep and you're like, trying to catch your breath like so you yeah. like doze off and then you're like <sighs> yeah yeah I know um but you like i think maybe it was the medication or just my body slowly adapted to it solid dude yeah and what like if you were to get sick on the mountain would that be like a huge problem um like no i on think the way so, to base camp up no because um you you have to buy travel insurance so i think if i got sick they just would have uh medevaced me out oh nice but i think i got like really cheap travel insurance because they were like don't you dare call a helicopter before calling us first and we'll let you know if you are sick enough to warn a helicopter got out it, got uh, it. i was like how are you gonna like know over the phone right yeah, right. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. um man i'm excited i'm excited to yeah. see some of that experience i mean the vistas and the topography that's the reason most people go, right? Is, yeah. Is the scenery. Yeah. So that's why even if you, you were doing the trek where you only stay at the base camp for a half hour, it would still be worthwhile just for the vistas you're seeing yeah. on the trek up. Right. Yeah. So the trek up, are you literally just like walking the whole time? Um, yeah. So you maybe you're walking like five to six hours a day and only like one of the days or two of the days where it was, was, was actually tough where you're going up really steep terrain 
most of the the trek itself wasn't too hard. It's more just like trying to adapt to the altitude, which Got is it. tough. Got it. That's why most people don't take helicopters into base camp. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that would you be need wild. That hike yeah. that trek in to, to acclimatize. They even say with like Tibet, like the train is the better move because if you fly in, you would, you don't get as gradually used to mm. going up or whatever, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting. As far from like a physically challenging perspective, was, is this toward the top of the most challenging physical trip you've ever done? Um, in terms of like trips I've done for, for work, yeah, I would say so. But I think I've probably done harder physical things. I'm, I'm trying to think of what that would be, but I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, I I really wanted to continue up, not to climb Mount Everest, but there was another peak, Lobuche. Um, which there was like six people up at base camp who would be climbing that. And that's like a 6,000 meter peak, which yeah. I was like, okay, I think I could do that. Um, but it would have cost an extra like 6,000 per person, which we didn't have in the budget. Um, mm-hmm. but I talked to the people who climbed that and like this one dude who was a boxer in the UK for a while, he had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and he was like, that was the hardest thing I had ever done. Wait, climbing what? the 6,000 meter one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mount Mount Kilimanjaro seems like a more doable mountain. Yeah, I know. I know losers who have done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now there's like full good Wi-Fi on it. Oh yeah, that's like a new thing they're mm-hmm. rolling out to like try to boost tourism. But yeah, yeah Tanzania yeah. is like a father daughter hike. Okay, or not? I mean, like Kilimanjaro. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. I think it's. I don't think it's as tall as Base Camp is, and it's also like a different climate and stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do that in a week. I think it's like a seven day trip up down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sounds like um, fun so yeah. what's the timeline for your stuff like when are you gonna start putting uh videos out um, stuff when can we expect i'm not we, we filmed a few vids just around Kathmandu that i'll probably be dropping soon i might drop the mad honey video next week cool. nice. um but yeah i definitely i don't want to drop the trekking videos until like at least three or four of them are done and mm-hmm. then so yeah we'll have like four vids just filmed around Nepal and then like six vids will be more focused on the trek. Sick. That's awesome, dude. And do you usually arrange it like day by day? So like, do you have a goal to be like each day I'm going to make a video? I'm just like curious about your process being a person who like does some similar stuff. I'm not trying to like compare myself to you. Like you're like the goat. So for like, the trek, it was kind of uh, simpler than some trips I do. Cause some trips it's like, okay, how do we break these up into a series? But with the trek because there's like a a starting point and an ending point then it was easier to think about how to divide it up so yeah like the first day is going to be a video the second day will be a video day three and four will be a vid got it day four will be a vid and then like day five and six just up at the base camp uh or like i'll definitely do two videos that are just filmed at the base camp sick Mm. um that's awesome, I'm excited pal. to watch him, dude. Yeah, I'm really pumped to see it. Guys, we got some merch coming down the pipeline very soon. Uh, we're mm-hmm. finalizing the designs. We're ready to get that out to you. And I'll tell you what, man, when you are sending merch out and, and shipping stuff, it really helps to work with a company that makes it easier to do that. And that's why ShipStation, mm. we think here at Oops the Podcast, is a great option. They're so valuable to my life. I love ShipStation. Yeah, when it comes to saving money as a small business owner, every little bit helps. ShipStation gives you access to discounts of up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. You can manage every order from one simple to use dashboard. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really helpful when you're sending out anything, especially if it's bulk and all this nonsense, like it really helps to have a one-stop shop to sort of optimize your shipping needs. Yeah. Um, worry less about the bottom line. When you save money with ShipStation, go to ShipStation.com and use code OOPS today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Mm-hmm. That's ShipStation.com, code OOPS for a free 60-day trial of ShipStation. I meant, you know, let me ask you this. The general demeanor or makeup of the types of people who are planning to summit Everest what kind of people <laughs> Dude, does it attract? That was actually my favorite part of the trek. And I think it's because I was traveling with elite, elite exped that, you know, 
all these people either had a big sponsor or were pretty wealthy themselves, but it was the most like random assortment of people. Like this one dude was a professional gambler from Mongolia who lived in Singapore. He was, he was, he was a professional Baccarat player. Wow. Yeah. We asked him like, what's the most money you've won? He's like in one sitting, like 1.7 million USD. Oh my God. Playing Baccarat. That's supposed to be the best odds game. Right, right. I think in over time, the odds are the most in your favor. Yeah, I've never met a non-Asian person who plays. Yeah, Um, I think Phil Ivey famously got in trouble for defrauding a casino (laughs) by playing baccarat. Really, he made them use a a deck of his choosing or something or his own dice. (laughs) <laughs> and then they he won millions of dollars. Oh, oh shit. But it was controversial. That's a flex, dude. We should learn how to yeah. play Baccarat. Yeah. That would be fire. Just show up to the like that part of the casino and start <laughs> ripping the Baccarat tables. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you had these bros from Vancouver whose father had passed away from a brain tumor, and they were doing the hike to raise money towards research into that cool. type nice. of brain cancer. They were climbing Everest? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, Ilya Kovalchuk's wife. What? Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Real. And she was it's... trying to summit. Yeah. And not only was she trying to summit Mount Everest, she's trying to do the seven peaks where you climb the tallest mountain on every continent. Wow. Oh this was going to be like her third or fourth. And she just loves it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Because I could see like taking that on and doing two and being like, dude, fuck this. Yeah. And then quitting. You know, yeah. like. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. Being away from your family for 50 days? Yeah. That's so long to be gone. Yeah. Um, They're just worried that you're going to die every single yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Uh, like going to a war that you're creating. I Yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, Very like, good. I, like I don't... Like after the trip, I love the trip. I don't have a strong urge to just pick that up as my main hobby because it, it would it would completely take over your life yeah totally dude more than stand-up comedy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so these people though they're obsessed they're obsessed um, yeah you know and there's always some different version of the challenge yes as you said the seven peaks right. has anyone got their seven peak belt well then there's the the 14 yeah then there's the, you know, doing it with oxygen, doing it without oxygen, doing it for speed, doing mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many different challenges that I feel like you could you could constantly, you know. Make a new one. I was the first person to summit Everest with a cat in my bag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cat's yeah. dead, well, but I, I made it. <laughs> I was with the guy who's trying to become the first Native American to summit Everest. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, and oh, it, I saw you post that, yeah. he, he, he was... A very cool guy. He's a surgeon out in South Dakota. He got like married when he was 19, now has three kids, went like straight from college to medical school and stuff. So, like, he's never really had a lot of time off and stuff. And when you're working as a doctor, he just had to like work extra hard the year before. And then they were like, okay, you can you can take this month and yeah, a half off bank time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was just enjoying it. It's probably the only time he's ever had kind of like <laughs> yeah. away from work, his wife and his kids. So, yeah. yeah. Damn dude. That's crazy. Oh man. Um, very cool. Do you, so do you have any other like trips planned? Any other adventures coming up? Um, I'm doing my first barstool outdoors trip, which I'm very excited oh, about nice. with Sydney Wells. We're going to be spear fishing in the Bahamas. It's going to be like, a four-day trip but i mean i'm very pumped for that Fire, that's, that's awesome. great yeah. so, have you ever done spearfishing once before yeah it was when i was um in the bahamas right i went to the bahamas right before the pandemic broke out uh-huh. um because some like random fan online this. you told me this story at his apartment yeah, yeah it was so it funny. was insane <laughs> that's when i like i couldn't go back to china because covid was running rampant there so I didn't have a place in the U.S. I was either staying with friends in New York or with my parents up in Mass. And this random guy was like, hey, I, if you want to stay at my place in the Bahamas, I have to go to Canada for two weeks and you can just cat sit for me. So we were like, sweet, well, let's, let's do it. I talked to him on the phone once. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm friends with Large's neighbor. And then I asked Large, I was like, is like, 
that guy your neighbor? And he was like, yeah, but we're not like friends. And yeah, he was a, so we arrived in the Bahamas and then two days later is when COVID went nuts around the rest of the world and everything shut down. So mm -hmm. then he was like, I can't travel to Canada anymore. So then we were just living with him oh in the God. Bahamas for two weeks. But mm -hmm. I had a chance to spearfish on that trip. It's cool. Oh man. I've done it one time. And I was in Hawaii, 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 and it was this thing. We were at a really, I don't know, it was with three of my buddies at, in college. And one of my buddies had a, a really nice house out there. that was part of this kind of resort kind of community type thing. And every day you did a different activity. And on this day we were going spearfishing and it was not with the guns. It was like the sling. Yeah. That, that, that's what I used to. Yeah. Yeah. The sling. Sick. The, the traditional way yes uh and they give you a chart of fish it's a laminated chart which you're meant to carry with you so that when you're seeing the fish on the reef there's a bunch of fish you're not supposed to kill they're like endangered yeah, or yeah or yeah. yeah and then there's there's fish you kill and <laughs> you come fish up you don't and kill. One. yeah and <laughs> i mean i was this was i was having such a hard time it, you know you get anywhere near the fish and they just bounce they're yeah. like yeah we know what you're doing up there buddy with your friggin' spear yes. and so you you start you start thinking like ah, i don't know if i really care about the whole what's off limits and what's on limits but I, I didn't. I also just gave up. I mean, I, I didn't. I just stopped. My buddy, <laughs> my buddy, someone you got a seal. I had seen, I had seen one fish that looked injured. Yeah, and I, w I remember looking at the chart briefly and being like, I, I think that's a no go fish. It's also acting real weird. It's the only fish I've seen that would that seems like it'd be really easy to kill. Yeah. So I'm going to let that one be. And I come out of the water and 15 minutes later, my buddy comes in with that fish <laughs> stuck to his spear. Yeah. And the woman who was organizing the whole thing comes out and starts crying. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> he had shot, he'd gotten a puffer fish. Okay. Oh a puffer, which I guess are fucking sacred and you don't shoot them. And the reason that he'd been able to get it is because one of my other buddies had shot it and wounded it and it was like half inflated and oh on its side God. and then my other buddy came along we just violated every rule yeah. of, of this and and they the whole crowd of them all the people that were like running the the shop that you rent the flippers and the spears from they came out and they were so upset dude they were <laughs> so upset they were one of them the girl, woman started crying that full, full on weeping it. crazy because like you know you're not you're really not supposed to kill them. No, and we all felt you, what so What did your bad. friend do? Was he like it was an, he was his fault. He shot him first. No, because we didn't we didn't find out that my other buddy had had tried first until late. He didn't oh, say of course. anything. Why would he do yeah, that? To yeah, um, we didn't find out about that until later. Um, and he like realized his mistake and just left it to, to sort of slowly die, I guess. But good uh, instincts, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit worried now because the first time I went, we were going for spiny <laughs> lobster, which was like not yeah. as hard. Langostine? Um, no, I think Is that no, not what they're called? <laughs> no, like a langostine is like halfway between a shrimp and a lobster. Is that right? Okay. These were full-fledged lobsters, but not like New England lobsters. Right, they were right. this, the spiny ones. I feel like that's slightly easier because you, like, you come from up top. They don't really see you. Yeah. Um, Are they but, fast? Uh, they're fast. They're also really sharp. So I got yeah. one, but I didn't like fully get it. So I had to like wrestle it out with like with my hands. And even though I was wearing gloves, like the spikes like went through the gloves, oh, and my fun. hands were bleeding. Ouch. Oh shit! Um, yeah, that's crazy. But I feel like spearing it, like an actual fish and making sure it's a fish I'm allowed to kill will be yeah. a little tougher. Yeah, boy, that'll be fun though. What a cool way to hunt. Yeah, like I feel like cool. that's you know it's a more it's a more honorable way to fish than just throwing in a hook. So, so I agree. 100%. Yeah. Are you going to be... It's um, the back route of fishing, dude. Yeah. For sure. Are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. Are you going to be scuba diving to do this? Free diving. Free diving. Yeah. This is going to be hard. I think yes. this is going to be hard. I, I don't know. I, that My experience in Hawaii was not easy. Okay. <laughs> it was very hard. 
So, Maybe my lungs, though, are now like super powered because I'm yeah. used to breathing the, the thin air. Well, make sure not to pick up that e-cig anytime between now and then. No, that's why I've been doing the Zins. Nice. Oh, interesting. So oh. wait, this is soon? This is-, uh, this is, we leave on Memorial Day. Nice. And then, yeah, come back on June 1st. Exactly. Um, can I also shout out that Julio hit me up with a content idea a few <laughs> weeks ago okay um i want to hear about this what he, <laughs> he goes dude we should do this it's the somaliland marathon oh my <laughs> god oh i thought it was the somaliland half marathon it's a full-on full marathon, marathon. but uh, his reply was hilarious is, is it, it in somalia yeah but somaliland which is like Different. The Disneyland of Somalia. <laughs> it's autonomous. It's like it, no, but it's it's not like going to like Mogadishu. It's like yeah. not supposed to be that dangerous. But but I don't know. Something okay. to me, the idea yeah. of being like I'm training for the most difficult challenge of my life, and it just shows me running without revealing that it's in Somalia to mm-hmm. me is funny. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it'd be very funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would that that would be harder than the Everest Base Camp track. For sure. He then goes, he goes, yeah, let's warm up with the uh Pyongyang Yang North half- Korea half marathon while we're oh at it. Oh my god. <laughs> I had to go yeah. distance run in war torn countries. <laughs> it's a very odd conceit. Dude. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to get kidnapped along that route. <laughs> um but no i i had a friend in china who ran the pyongyang half oh actually yeah yeah i like could it was a good time it was a very funny thing response uh but i just assumed it was you being like yeah dude that's insane no i like i i knew someone who had (laughs) ran it but it was before the whole auto warm beer thing yeah and then after that i was like okay i'm not i'm not gonna go to north korea but it says yeah Says was the, there, Donnie? Was there a time in your life when you were trying to get to North Korea? I was, I was considering it just because I had talked to like two people from China who had been, and they, two Westerners, yeah, wow, I yeah. would go. Now, yeah, I enough would. time has passed. Yeah, I guess the one thing you want to just be sure that you like you don't end up filming something they don't want you to film and then they're like oh he's a spy yeah well that's the first thing the other thing is don't come home and write a blog saying how nice they are yeah. <laughs> yes oh you're talking about me <laughs> yeah. oh, dude. i didn't even do that bro i didn't even do that. i know i'm with yeah, you no, no, no. don't worry i'm, I'm making funny. a joke we i don't think we talked about it in the pod i got shit about a blog that i wrote about afghanistan but like it was also like not actual shit like the guy who wrote it without even talking to me then apologize for writing it. And by him writing it is what turned it into a thing to begin with. If he hadn't shit on me for it, yeah, nobody, nobody would, have said. would have would have thought about he it. He was yeah. triggered. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I came back from Iraq, I was like, oh, the people were so nice. But I felt like people in the armed services, or they weren't really offended because it's not the same people in charge in Iraq who were in charge when they were there. And uh-huh. I just think the word... The word Taliban can be. It's triggering for yeah. sure. But yeah. you could also make the same argument. Like, it's not the same. It's not the literal same Taliban. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, but, but yeah. 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 And I'm, but sure. I, dude, I wasn't fraternizing with the Taliban in any capacity. Well, you know and I mean? when you're there, you kind of have to like fraternize a little bit just to like totally stay on their good side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I um, sort of like allude to that a little bit, I think. But in, in my stuff, I will kind of like show that also. Yeah. But, dude, I've been seeing some of the guides who I worked with over there have been posting pictures of, like, tours that they've been leading or whatever, and there's, like, very Taliban-heavy pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's been some evolution there with, like, them wanting to be in stuff. I I didn't want them in my shit anyway. Yeah. So, like, I'm fine with it, but it's it's interesting to see it develop. Yeah. So do we know if that YouTuber is still in jail? I looked it up yesterday. I don't think there's an update. But I was watching yeah. it. Dude, it's funny you say this. I was watching his videos last night. It's just a bunch of videos of him, like, geeking out, shooting, like, AK-47s with the, the, the Taliban in the yeah. desert. Yes. I feel like crazy. you're a little more culturally aware to, like, yeah. not get thrown in jail over there. 100%. So, to me, North Korea, I don't know, dude, like, tons of people have visited North Korea. I understand that the auto warm beer thing happened, and it's, like, shitty. And, I, you know, I don't know specifically what happened. But, like, I like my, I like my chances in general. To be mm-hmm. honest, I, I would go there. Yeah. I don't know. Just don't. I used to have like 
uh, shades that had a camera in them. Oh, like, yeah. If, if, if I got caught in North Korea with those, they'd be like, all right, oh, this yeah. guy's working for the CIA. You know what's uh, funny? Yeah. Sorry, the, sorry, I'm only because it's directly related, Please, related yeah. to this. You could use those in Afghanistan, and they would have absolutely no fucking idea. Okay, just you know, if you if you end up going yeah. there, they will have an app. They didn't even know what a camera was, dude. Yeah, like they did, but you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. they weren't threatened by the microphone. Yeah, they're like, oh, whatever. We don't know what that is. I wore a pair of those to do a Scientology personality test. Really? Really? In a Scientology center. Where's this? Well, we it, it, the problem was that it was so normal and they were so nice and normal that it wasn't even worth releasing. Oh, uh, that's how they get you. This was a time when <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just joined and yes, said, yeah, yeah. "Going clear, <laughs> going clear" had just come out. Uh, the book and then the HBO documentary revealing the horrors of the Church of Scientology, and so everyone was sort of under the impression that Scientology was this horrific cult that you know oppresses and lives behind a, a curtain of silence and i went into a scientology center to do the opening kind of thing i guess it's called a personality test and i wore those glasses and and tried to have a create a video about it and they were just like really nice and normal so i was I like well i'm not gonna release this. this is boring yeah did you get your like thetan level taken I, I don't even think I got that far. I, they just had me do this like five page, 150 question, multiple choice question where they're trying to figure out stuff about you and then they give you the results and tell you what it means about the type of person you are. Okay. Do they ask stuff like on a scale of one to 10, like how attracted are you to men? <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I, you know, does it get into shit like that? No, it was all over the place. The yeah. questions were all over the place, and there was a lot of redundancy. I remember thinking that, you know, they'd already asked me like six versions of that particular question. Gotcha. So it felt a little not well organized. Interesting. Um, but the woman who was dealing with me was was really normal and kind and. You know, was hardly trying to make uh, positive propaganda for the Church of Scientology at the time, so I just decided not to not yeah. to release it. Yeah. Well, I guess like to close out this part of the conversation, that is generally my biggest fear with traveling is like making some kind of mistake where I end up in this limbo state where now time goes by and I'm still there, and so you know what I mean. That to me is my biggest fear. You would gain a lot of subs, though, during that <laughs> limbo time. During your, that time? Your subs would just be racking up. Shooting? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good way to look at it. Worth it's it. a good way to look at it. Um, awesome. Well, that's uh, Donnie Does, guys. And Donnie, thank you for joining us. Um, everyone can keep a lookout for your incredible videos and subscribe to your YouTube channel. Anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just subscribe to the the Wonton Don. You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok too at the Wonton Don. And thanks for having me. And Always good luck in Colorado. Thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah. you so much. That's Donnie Does everybody. Um, have we got any facts with Ryan? Facts with Ryan? Where are they lying? Where are they lying? So hikes can be day or multi-day trips, but often tend to have multiple stops at a base. Trekking, on the other hand, tends to be out in the untamed nature where anything goes. I think that was in line with what you guys were saying. Yeah. That was what you said. Uh, Took just under nine days for Nims to get to the tip of Everest. Vail is 8,150 feet tall. And in 2021, 493.4 thousand people participated in boxing in the UK. (laughs) Very nice. I think... Yeah. 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 It is good. I'm thinking that measurement of veil is from the base of veil to the top, which is does not mean how high it is above sea level. Because I think veil is higher than 8,100 feet above sea level. There you go. Eleven. That's exactly what I said. Eleven thousand feet. Look at me. Facts with Ryaning. Facts with Ryan. Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Dude, Donnie, thanks for coming through. Thanks, Donnie. Guys, you can catch me performing live stand-up comedy tomorrow night at the Charlestown Casino at Charlestown Races, the Hollywood Casino, uh, for with Little Sasquatch. One night only, one show. 
Uh, we cannot wait. We're going to be, you know, hanging out and gambling and stuff with fans after. So come hang with us. Uh, and then I'll be in uh, Pittsburgh at the City Winery on June 18th and 19th. That's a Thursday and a Friday. And then I'll be in Spokane and Tacoma in July, July 19th and 20th. Uh, all tickets for these are at FrancisEllis.com. And the final leg of the tour is in the fall. All the big cities come out to that too. Julio. Uh, sweet. Yeah, I'm in Stress Factory, New Jersey on the 17th of May. Laugh Boston the 25th. Then uh, in June, in the middle of June, I'm in Raleigh, uh, Nashville, and Atlanta in consecutive days. I think it's like 13th through the 15th or something. But check it out on my website, uh, nothulio.com. Then in Austin in July, and a bunch of stuff like Francis said as well in the, uh, the end of the summer and the fall. Look forward to seeing you to the show. Uh, and that is all.